You are listening to the Mission Matters Podcast Network, where we amplify the stories of entrepreneurs, executives, and experts. Welcome to the Serve Strong, Finish Strong Podcast on the Mission Matters Podcast Network. Listen, if you're the kind of person who's always wanted to have your own podcast, but you feared all of the work in editing and syndicating and figuring out music and keeping up, I've got a great option for you to get your message out without all the extra work. Just simply click on missionmattershost.com for more information. So what is health? What does it mean to be physically fit? How can you overcome the cravings that your mind is saying, oh, you've got to eat, you've got to eat. And how do you overcome just not wanting to get off the couch and move? Well, my guest today will touch on a number of topics. Let me tell you a little bit about him first. His name is Butch Temnick. He is known as Mr. Wellness in the Northeastern Ohio area. And he's a veteran of the United States Air Force. In 1988, he was the junior Mr. South Carolina bodybuilding champion and a national qualifier. He is serving the fitness and health industry and has done so for over 33 years. And I could go on. In 96, he participated in the NFL Strength and Conditioning Clinic with the Washington Redskins, now Commanders, Dallas Cowboys, Kansas City Chiefs, and Pittsburgh Steelers. He is a former instructor instructor at the Mahoning County Career Technical Center here locally and is the project manager for Project Geha, which is Get Americans Healthy Again. He is a great guest, and you will hear us talk about things like cardio workouts, resistance training, food intake, stretching, and most important, the use of or the intake of water. Welcome to the show, Butch. How are you today? Great, wonderful, fantastic. Thank you for inviting me here, Scott. Greatly appreciate the opportunity. That's great. You have such a wide variety of background, so much going on in your life. How did you get started with fitness, the whole concept of fitness? It was my last day of basic training while I was in the Air Force. Instead of going to the BX to spend money on buying sound boxes or radios and all that, I went straight over to the gym because when I graduated from high school, I was five foot six, 120 pounds. And I used to, I reached out to Charles Atlas. Hey, I don't want to be that skinny little kid on the beach that gets sand kicked in his face. So that's where it just started from there. And then my next duty station at Chanute Air Force Base, Illinois, that's where I was at, was not in, you know, where the guys were drinking the beer every night. I was in the gym training and it just mm-hmm. took off from there. Tell us a little bit. Now, this was before the bodybuilding championship. Yes. Yes. Right? How right did, after what got you into the bodybuilding? just seeing how my body developed because when I was stationed over in Guam, that was my first duty station. I weighed 120 pounds and I was just lifting over there. So I'm just seeing the transformation my body was making as towards with the training I was doing. And I was a novice at it, not really knowing what I was doing. And then when I came back, I weighed 100, I weighed like, gosh, about almost 140 pounds. My family didn't recognize me at the airport. 
Because I was away for 15 months. Yeah, when I came home, I took my, my shirt off to change my clothes. And so my brother goes, oh, my gosh, look how much more muscle you got on your frame. Here, wear this white tank top. <laughs> <laughs> Which you didn't have any trouble with, right? <laughs> no problem whatsoever. So your bio indicates something about getting Americans healthy again. How is it acronym G-A-H-A, GAHA? Yes. Is that how you say it? Okay. Yes, sir. So what is this Project GAHA all about? Well, what I started before the pandemic was because of what my mother went through with her physical health was by getting Ohioans healthy again, especially moving back to the Youngstown area. So I seen how unhealthy people were, especially as towards with you now being on medication. And my mother kind of set the tone for that because she was on 17 different medications she had severe osteoporosis, osteoarthritis throughout her body. And I'm like, well, I would not want to see any woman go through what my mother went through because 30 years ago, they had to do a hip replacement. They put the prosthesis in backwards. They had to take her to Columbus for them to redo it. And what started was way back before that, back in the 70s, when she had a hysterectomy and they had put her on HRT, which is hormone replacement therapy. And my mom was heavy into the carbonated sodas. We didn't know back then as towards what the science says today as towards what it does to rob the body of minerals. Hmm. And so with my mother, when she went through that, you know, it, it was very sad to see you know, how her body was just physically breaking down her skeletal system. So hold on a second about the cola, the pop. Just as I was getting ready to come up to the room to do this recording with you, I was running through my mind, do I want to get that sun-kissed orange pop or a glass of water. I'm so glad I chose the water because then I can say, hey, look what I'm drinking. So tell us, tell me again what happens with drinking carbonated soda? Well, according to the science, what carbonation does, it robs the body of minerals. So just think as towards what's happening as towards the softening of the bones for a skeletal system. And then for my mother, what she went through because the, the malnutrition tied into that because now, my, my mother and my father were not healthy eaters. Mm-hmm. The thing is, they was more as towards the culture food because, no, we're Ukrainian. And that type of food, halushki and progis, was what their choices were, plus, you know, kibasi and all that kind of hunky type food. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't really a well-balanced you know, meal as towards what they're eating. So they weren't getting the fortification of what their body needs. So with my mother, over time, that breakdown was just leading from decade to decade. Yeah. So you watch them age. Let's just take the carbonated soda. Does it, is it more important to watch the intake of carbonated soda as you age? Or is it just not good no matter what age you're at? I would say especially as you age. Because if you think about us towards our endocrine system, as towards while we're aging, our body doesn't produce those hormones anymore. Mm. Especially as towards with women when they're into menopause, their body's not producing that estrogen that helps to keep those bones strong. So if they're heavy into the carbonation, that's something that's going to cause that weakness of the bones. Because with her, what happened was 12 years after she had that hip replacement, she had a fracture right below the prosthesis. And we took her to Cleveland Clinic. And she, when they did the replacement of the prosthesis, she had, they cut too deep in her thigh. She had to have four blood transfusions. Okay. Yes, and she had five fractures to the disc of her back. Yes, so, it also very bad. Yeah, so soda has a, a bigger effect on us as we age because the listeners, you know, in our 40s and our 50s and maybe 60s, we need to be aware that 
what we may have been able to absorb in our early years, we can't, we can't do the same things because we ourselves, our bodies are changing, right? Absolutely. And that's part of the aging process mm-hmm. where your bodies are not peaking anymore is towards, you know, with our hormones. Cause you no, know, we start to age once we hit age 30, that's, we start to see it at you know, decline when we age 40, it's more of a decline as we're in our fifties or as we age beyond that, there's much more of a steeper decline of our body. That's mm-hmm. why I'm so much into, especially as towards resistance training for those who are, and for the men, it's called andropause. As for the women, it's menopause. And that's very important to be involved with some type of weight-bearing exercise because you, you need that resistance training that stimulates that bones to be strong. Then also the aging of the body causes the muscle atrophy. That's very important or so because that can affect the sports balance, mobility, and coordination for the elderly. Mm-hmm. So getting back to the Gaha, you, you witnessed what your mother had gone through and you did not want to see other people experience what you saw. 17 different medications. 17 different medications. And with my father, and let's talk about my father, 30 years in a steel mill. I'm a son of a retired steel worker. He got asbestos in his lungs and it went to his brain. That's what brought me back to the valley here from living down in South Carolina is my father died from brain cancer. And then you know, the thing is I prayed on it. The Lord says, go home, take care of your mother because he was working through my mother to work on me. So I came back here to help take care of her. Well, seeing what my mother went through, and especially with my background involved in sports medicine, my mother was walking with a limp that just did not look right. What scares me is that the doctor did not say, Melva, let's investigate this. Because what happened was she had a collapse, her collapsed right arch, which caused her knee to bow inward. Yeah. And the thing is, she was just walking crooked or so. Well, the thing is, she had to get, eventually get a brace with that. But things, what I started was Project Goha, getting Ohioans healthy again. Okay. So that was before the pandemic. And then with the pandemic hit, well, and let's talk about that as towards you know, the Mahoning Valley. It, those who are listening to this show, we're referring to the northeastern part of Ohio, where both Butch and I reside. Go ahead. Yes. Yeah, Stan Boney, a news anchor with our local television broadcast, was doing an interview with Pat Sweeney, who was the Mahoning County Health Commissioner. And people don't realize this, but Youngstown, Ohio and Mahoney County before the pandemic was the number one city, number one county in the United States for type two diabetes. Wow. Yes. And then when the pandemic hit, you know, I'm into the science. So I'm you know, listening to what these doctors are talking mm-hmm. about. And I said, I said, man, there's got to be a connection with inflammation. So think about that as towards the problem that we have in our country because the high glycemic processed foods, the inflammation that people were experiencing that was causing them to be put on ventilators or having all kinds of health-related issues. Mm-hmm. So think about it towards now the soda. You have one edge of the sword where you're consuming this carbonation that's robbing your body of minerals. Then you're consuming the sugar content that causes that metabolic disruption to cause your body to be in fat storage mode because of what sugar does, but also what sugar does to create a marker as well as high glycemic processed foods for inflammation called C-reactive proteins and joint discomfort. It's amazing when I start working with clients that they feel less joint discomfort over a period of time because I'm helping them control their blood sugar by keeping that blood sugar stabilized throughout the whole day, no peaks or valleys. So it's a perfect storm. You know, the culture, you referred to it as culture food. I like that. That's that so, such a great way to explain it. This is what's being sold to us. 
every day, day in and day out, as you watch TV or listen to the radio, the fast food culture, all of this stuff is, it's, you have to be on purpose, right, to fight against that. You can't just by default eat healthy. It's just not there. And I'm interested in what you think about also the fact that fast food compared to healthy food is much less expensive, right? So you go to the organic aisle or you go to the healthy food aisle. It's not cheap. So we're in this environment and it's all going against us in terms of health and fitness. So in that environment, what services do you provide or you offer to individuals regarding their health and their fitness to combat this perfect storm? First thing is education. Because if you think about it, we are not being educated as a society of how to live healthy, how to eat healthy. Because health class in high school was more about the birds and the bees. It wasn't about proper nutrition. Mm -hmm. And we go to our doctors, they don't have the time to invest into us, to educate us of how to eat healthy, how to live healthy because of their patient load. And the one thing like as towards with myself or so, you know, is educating the people about low glycemic impact eating, how to exercise the correct way. And that goes with my background as towards why I had the opportunity to work with the four NFL football teams to learn of how to do the rep the correct way. So people are exercising correctly and seeing the results they want. And I have to say this, you know, Cardio burns blood sugar, does nothing for you. Because when you get done working out doing cardio, you're going to go home and raid that icebox. Guilty as charged. I can remember one run when I was training for a marathon. I ran in a local town here, Canfield, and it got done in the square of Canfield. Right across the square was the Dairy Queen. And I craved a banana split. And I got that banana split and I ate it in five minutes. I had run like a 13-mile run or something and it was just... So you're saying cardio does nothing for us? No, it's good for cardiovascular towards the workouts, towards, you know, being more cardio conditioned. Right. But there's no benefit to it for your metabolism or so because you're just burning blood sugar. It's metabolism. What is good for metabolism? Exercising, weight resistance. Now, as a former bodybuilder, we don't focus on the cardio. We focus us towards what we're doing with our workout. Because science shows that muscle dictates metabolism and muscle is metabolically active. That's what helps create that fat burning. Fat just hangs out mm-hmm. literally and figuratively. <laughs> fat just takes up space. Now, right. fat is, is a reserve source of energy or so, but for people who are dieting and they're restricting their intake of calories because they want to lose weight. What they're causing is their body to feed off a of muscle because muscle being metabolically active is that source for the body as energy. Fat does not. So when I work with clients and we focus on the body composition and they're able to see where their waistline is being reduced because they're losing the fat, it makes it a whole different perspective or so because one, they have more energy, they're more vibrant, more pep in their step versus someone who's restricting their caloric intake that they feel tired, they feel drawn. Their lack of energy. And the thing is, they're just craving, craving, craving all the time or so because their blood sugar is so low. And before you know it, they end up caving in and going back to the bad stuff and they gain twice the weight back. Yeah. Sounds like a, a spiral downward, right? It feeds on itself. No pun intended. We call that the yo-yo syndrome. Okay. Only the yo-yo goes lower than the first time it went down. Absolutely. So it's is- a process. 
if we have cardio and we have resistance training, would you say that a combination of the two is the best scenario or Absolutely. is it better just resistance? That's good thinking there, Scott, because that's what it is or so that I teach my clients or so as towards the pace of the workout, as towards how much rest they do between their sets. Hmm. So you're able to keep the heart rate up into that fat burning zone while you're doing your resistance training. So it's like two birds with one stone. Hmm. And I tell people when they go work out at the gym, do five minutes of warm up on the cardio, go and stretch. And that's a subject right there, stretching. Hmm. Just helping people. Oh my gosh, the number of people have helped to get rid of hip pain lower back issues where they're going to a doctor and getting on medication for that or going to a chiropractor to do decompression. And I'm just showing them how to do different stretches and it's helping them to where they have normal lives again. They're more mobile because I see people going to gym. They go in and they hit those weights. They don't warm up and stretch. I would rather stretch than be dependent on a medication or some kind of surgery that opens up a whole different can of worms as far as risks stretch. You're saying stretching will save someone from all of that expense and dependency and risk. Absolutely. That's yeah. Because the one thing is when I moved back here in the early two thousands, I helped two people by showing them how to stretch their piriformis muscle, their hip rotator muscles, the lower back and their hamstrings. They didn't have to have the surgery on their lower back. I helped them to avoid going underneath the knife to do a procedure on the lower back. And there's no guarantee that it's going to fix the situation because my brother's experiencing that problem where he had to go on disability because of lower back issues. Yeah, but a that's of, a lot of people. The thing is range of motion. That's what's important. Yeah. So let's go back to resistance training for the listener who they hear that, but they're not quite sure what you mean. Define resistance training. Is that the stretch bands or is that actually lifting weights, free weights? What is resistance training? Depends as towards where they're at, Scott, with their level of fitness. So they could start off with the stretch bands because that would be like for the novice. And okay. as their body's getting conditioned, they can move up towards the resistance training. But what's really good is having a membership at a gym where they can utilize the machines there. So they have you know, that resistance training and all there. A lot of gyms have where they have a trainer on site that can set them up on the program. And with the resistance training, what I really focus on my clients is how to do the rep. When I went to the NFL strength conditioning clinic in 96, the first 45 minutes of the session or the clinic, they talked about the rep, how to do the rep the correct way. I educate people when I see them in the gym and show them how to do the rep correctly with good form and technique. They're able to notice a big difference when just one set, like, wow, I could feel a difference. And they can really feel that burn in the muscle. And that's what you want to stimulate that, that muscle being worked. Not just going through the motions, but also as towards what you're able to do is towards doing the rep the correct way to reduce risk of injury too. Going over the reps to do it correctly made me think of a something my son's would have been junior high basketball coach made a distinction. I'll never forget it. That was years ago. He said, practice does not make perfect. Practice makes permanent. So be careful how you practice because what you practice becomes permanent. And I thought, wow, that is really good advice. And that's what you're talking about here. When you do resistance training and you're working with a machine or any kind of rep, you want to do that rep correctly. So the importance of a coach, the importance of a trainer who can show you something you do not know. Because if you go on and you start and you don't and you do something wrong, yeah, you're you're getting your resistance training, but it's not the right way. So all the more reason to have someone like you, right? 
to guide us through that resistance training process. Absolutely, because I teach people how to work smarter, not work harder. Mm-hmm. And that's the benefit of them too, where you know, I set them up on a program where there's three sets or four sets. Now it depends on the frequency of the throughout the week or so. So they're going to the gym or so like that. So with what I set them up on a program with the number of sets that they're doing, they're able to get more out of it. It's more beneficial to them or so because they're doing it correctly. So they're working that muscle to exhaustion. So they mm-hmm. will see more benefit out of it. Mm-hmm. Not just going through emotions. Now, is it true that when we feel the burning in our muscles, what's really happening is we're ripping the muscle tissue and that's the burning. What is exactly going on when we feel that burn? Well, that's again, the science of it. It's no, when you get to the burning part, that's basically as towards when the muscles been worked to exhaustion. And then what you have is known as the ATP, that reserve source in the muscle. So that's where that burn effect comes in. Hmm. ATP and magnesium triphosphate. Did I say that right? Well, it's been a while since I said oh, that. You could say anything, and I would say, yeah, and it good triphosphate. Yeah, so it's a reserve source that's in the muscle. So when you get to that point with the burn, that's where you sets in. That's where growth is stimulated. That's one thing about Arnold always talked about that. Arnold Schwarzenegger, they'll talk about, you know, get to the burn, go beyond the burn. Yeah. And that's why when I work with clients or so is to, you know, help them to go beyond the burn or so to, you know, if, They'll get those extra more reps in their cell because it's more beneficial to them, but making sure they're doing the rep correctly. Yeah. So there's use of risk of injury, but also as towards you knowing you're breaking down that muscle, that's where you could be doing an overload, especially for a beginner. One thing that a beginner needs to really realize when they go into the gym is not to go in there and try to you know conquer the world in one day because Rome wasn't built in a day. Right. Right. I says, you got to ease yourself into it or so, because that's where you get that soreness because you might have overdid it before you know it. You're like, oh my gosh, I can't move my arms. All oh, my legs are too sore. Oh, I can't get out of bed and my body's too sore. So the thing is, I have what I've learned over the decades of working with people, you got to take them by the hand and lead them by baby steps to get their body conditioned mm-hmm. to be able to do the workout, enjoy it. So the next day they say, oh, I can feel that, but not, oh my gosh, I can't bend my arms. Yeah. And then giving up because it's, it's too painful, right? Yeah. Exactly. The psychological factor. Right. Right. That's so for the first, for the beginner, you don't want to overdo it too soon. You want to build a foundation and then build on that foundation and then just keep building. Let's go back to the muscle. Okay. We feel the burn. We've done the reps and we've done them correctly. Share with the audience the importance of rest after that. What happens when we back off and we don't do anything with our muscles? I would imagine that there's some healing going on. And and, so we do that exercise. We feel sore. We come back and do more exercise. What is the rest, the importance of the rest? Well, let's talk about the different stages. So you think about post-muscle recovery. What I instruct my clients is within 30 minutes after a workout is to get that source of protein in. Because protein helps with muscle recovery. Very important on that. And also with protein, it's a low glycemic source of food that's not going to elevate blood sugar and cause a metabolic disruption of what you work so hard for. Because when you do cardio for 45 minutes, once you stop, your metabolism starts to slow down. But when you do resistance training, your metabolism will still be revved up for another 30 to 45 minutes. So post-muscle recovery is very important as towards within that 30 minutes to get that protein in. And then I have, you know, as towards a system, as towards what I do with people to help with that metabolism, get that metabolic process to burn more fat. We talked about the next day, if there's some soreness in there, I tell them, do some gentle stretching to that muscle because that's going to help. And then also drink in more water. 
That's a topic right there, drinking water, because the importance of water to hydrate the body. I had someone the other day tell me, he says, oh, I was having severe headaches. I says, you might be dehydrated. She goes, I haven't been drinking enough water. I said, you got to realize it's wintertime. It's hot in your house, dry heat. You got to be drinking more water. And if people, here's a tip, you know, if your skin is feeling itchy, you're not drinking enough water. You got to stay hydrated. So think about that during the wintertime. Yeah. No, that's that's good advice. I heard a long time ago, heard that if you feel the sensation of thirst, you're already dehydrated. Exactly. And that's what you're, you're saying. If you're itchy, that your body will give you signs, right? Your body Absolutely. will tell you, hey, it, you haven't been drinking very much water here. Exactly. Um, I'm picking up five things from our conversation. Cardio, resistance training, proper food intake, proteins, that sort of thing, stretching, and number five, water. Yes. Have I captured all of the components that you would consider kind of a recipe for a healthy life? Yeah. Let's talk about water because it's the most important nutrient that the body needs. We okay. only can live so many days without it. We can go without food for weeks. But with water, it's very important because one thing is for electrolytes. That's the most important thing is for staying hydrated on that. And the purpose is towards when I have people drinking lots of water, so especially after a workout or so the next day, if they feel the soreness, you want to flush out that lactic acid, which is a byproduct of the muscle breakdown. Huh. Yes. And also for the thing is the hydration, especially if people are having headaches. The thing is, you may be dehydrated. That's very important. So on that. So, you know, I tell a lot of people, you know, the minimal you need is 64 ounces of water. I drink anywhere close to 100 ounces of water a day, especially in the morning. Let's talk about the morning time, flushing out that lymphatic system. Because when you sleep, your body goes through a form of detox. So purge out your body in the morning to get that 20 plus ounces of water and to really flush out your system. And it's it flushes great. out when you go to the bathroom, when you sweat during the day, right? That's what we're talking about, flushing. Yes, what? flushing out that water out so you, you know, you'll be able to extract it through your urine or so like that to get all those impurities out of your body or so. The most important thing is skin, the largest organ, needs water. Right. And not to mention what it does to a healthy liver, right? Absolutely. The liver, the mm -hmm. kidneys, especially is towards your joints for a lot of people. You know, I tell them it's taking you know, your knees. You know, you're feeling that cracking, the pain in your knees. So you, I said that you may have some dehydration issues going on. So mm -hmm. the thing is you need that water to lubricate your body. Mm -hmm. Very important. But the most important thing about water is, you know, to get those electrolytes, you need that for that optimal health and that balance within or so like that. And especially, you know, you're going to the bathroom, your urine is too dark, not drinking enough water. Good point. That's a, another sign. Like, So we can listen to our body. We can literally take cues from our body as to what we need to do or back off. So speaking of water, do I go to the local Walmart and get that water that's in a bottle or do I, you know, buy my own gallons and pour, get the water or do I just drink from the tap? What, what is there any guideline? I would say definitely filter your own water because the one thing is if you're buying, and this is something to think about us towards snow, especially during the summertime, if you get that water sitting in that plastic, that's sitting in that hot warehouse or that vehicle, the chemicals that could be in that plastic that may be released into that water. I tell people, hey, get a brittle water system. Or if they have some type of water system you can have installed in your house or so, look as towards whatever it could be within your budget, but definitely filter your own water, especially as towards the water. You could notice a difference between you know, filtered water that you're doing it yourself with your own filter system in the house versus the water that comes through the lines or so. If someone listening here is, say, late 50s, maybe early 60s, 
they're listening to you and and we've kind of kind of listed these five things and they weren't doing anything at all toward their health what's the first thing you would say no matter what you do this is what you have to start doing what would that be be water water drink just start water. drinking Very water. Important. yeah because the one thing is you know, flushing out you know, the, the body you know, mm-hmm. that's the one thing or so for a lot of people as towards you know that the side effects of not having enough water because it's the most important nutrient that the body needs is make sure that they're drinking an adequate amount of water can you drink too much water yes you could drink too much water or so and okay. it's a very discomforting feeling or so like that so mm-hmm. i tell people you no know, just drink accordingly or especially you now some people try to sip it throughout the whole day or they can go as towards what i do i just go ahead and drink like you know maybe like 15 to 20 ounces with each meal sitting one thing about water, some people might think that they're hungry, but they may be dehydrated instead. That's something <laughs> to think about right there. So again, it could affect your diet, right? Absolutely. You, so what you're saying is a proper amount of water intake can actually change the way your brain talks to you when it says, I'm hungry. Exactly. Wow. It's all about brain chemistry and neurotransmitters within the body itself, or I would say chemical messengers to indicate that. Mm-hmm. Some people may think, oh, I'm hungry or so, but they may not be getting enough fluid. That's mm-hmm. another thing also when you talk about sodas earlier. Now, aspartame, diet sodas, the migraine headaches. A lot of people, when they come up to me and says, man, I'm always having migraine headaches. I says, do you drink diet sodas? Yes. I says, well, hey, guess what? That's what's causing your headaches or so because of the chemical changes within the body, the brain chemistry is towards with using aspartame, artificial mm-hmm. sweet. That's something right there people got to be very aware of. I've got, on occasion, a client will, um, as you know, I coach clients and on occasion they, they are, will want to be more healthy and they may set a goal like, I don't want to be dependent on insulin anymore. I think from a previous conversation that I've had with you a while back, you talked about getting off insulin or helping someone get off insulin. How do you do that? I'm sitting here, I've got whatever kind of diagnosis and I'm on insulin to combat whatever that diagnosis is. How would you take someone from that condition to not being dependent on insulin anymore? Now, this has happened just the other day, Scott. I had a gentleman that I've been, I worked with before with doing my lifestyle program or so, and he had to stop doing it because so, he got colon cancer. Mm. So he's recovered now, but you know, he wants to get back on track. Well, the thing is, he's developed type 2 diabetes. The other day, he sent me a text message says, yeah, my blood sugar is 350. Well, the thing is, he contacted his doctor, but his doctor never got back with him. But what I did is I coached him towards what to do with the fork. Because it all starts with the fork. And within six hours, I was able to get his blood sugar below 200 just with the food sources mm-hmm. by stabilizing that blood sugar. His doctor never got back with him where you know, the doctor might say, oh, you need to go to the hospital. And what are you mm-hmm. going to do? Inject him with drugs. But what I did is told him, says, hey, this is what you need to do. Boom. He got out a pattern as towards what to do with the food, the protein fiber combination. And that's something right there. When you're consuming foods, nobody ever got fat into me vegetables, protein and fiber combination are what people need. And the thing is, get off of the junk food, the processed foods, eat more veggies, eat what our heavenly father put on this planet for us to eat. We need more vegetables. I'll tell you, that's one thing I crave. I don't crave sweets. Mm-hmm. or processed foods and stuff like that. I crave broccoli, I crave spinach. Now <laughs> I'm a little wired different than everything else or so, but you know, the thing is I'm fortifying my body right. with the nutrients or so like that. Mm-hmm. So as towards with Sam, what he experienced is towards where I was able to help him to control his blood sugar with the fork. 
And ever since then, he's been seeing his numbers in the morning. Now they're below 200 every day. Tell me what your blood sugar was when you woke up this morning. And it's, I see a pattern as towards where he's controlling it because we can may see an elevation while we sleep in, but he's starting to get it under control with the fork. He's being very coachable. And that's the one thing for a lot of people, helping them get off of insulin. Absolutely. Get them off metformin. I've had people who are on four units a day to where they're down to just, I want to know the metformin of four tablets a day down to one tablet, especially as towards with high blood pressure, you know, teach them how to change your lifestyle. I had a gentleman one time who was on three different blood pressure medications and he was feeling tired, feeling fatigued. So he went to go see his doctor. Doctor took his blood pressure reading. It was 96 over 60 I'm off all three different blood pressure medications that day. And said to him, Mrs. Matt, you just added years to your life. What he did, thinking outside the box, he went to his insurance guy, says, look, I'm off my blood pressure medication. He had a reassessment done with his life insurance policy, got higher coverage with a lower premium because he was low risk. Wow. So yeah. you're affecting your physical fitness. And those of you who have listened to this podcast for any length of time, you'll remember we talk about six hallmarks. One of those is physical fitness. And the fact that when you improve in one area, it affects the other areas. So you just gave, but you just gave an example of how taking care of yourself physically has a direct impact on you financially. Absolutely. And, and not to mention emotionally and relationally and vocationally and even in your spirit your spiritual sense. This is fantastic. So Butch, I'm going to ask you where we can find you. And then I'm going to add to that where else people can find you. So if someone wanted to reach out to you directly, how could they find you? They can contact me at 330-506-FITT. That's 3488. Yeah, I lucked out. I asked for it and I got it. (laughs) (laughs) Good for you. Good for you. Okay. Now I'm going to add also that Butch is fast becoming a subject matter expert in the community. This is an online platform for people in their 40s and 50s who are designing and living their next adventure going into the fourth quarter, their 60s and 70s. And we have subject matter experts in that on that platform. And you can reach out to Butch and the other subject matter experts as you set up your own membership and be a part of this community. We are drawing people together worldwide onto a social platform that does not have all the ads or the political or social or religious ranting. It's just good, honest to goodness information for the 40 and 50 year old who's looking to live and finish strong. And I invite you to go there. That would be finishstrong.mn.co. And we'll put all of this stuff in the show notes for you. Butch, we're going to have you back on. I think getting into the science of what takes place in eating and exercise and all that gives that sense of hope. And when you see what, when you understand really what's going on, when you step inside a gym and you start doing your resistance training to know what you're doing, I mean, you're literally improving not only the quality, but in most cases, the length of your life. And so it's not just this habit that we're trying to add. It is actually coming from the core of who we are. We're doing it because we want to be healthy people. And that's exciting. And I'm glad you were able to to share that with us. Thank you for your opportunity to be here. Greatly appreciate it, Scott. This has been a Mission Matters Network production. Listen to this show and browse our entire catalog 
by visiting missionmatters.com.